Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. <laughs> what I even do now? I feel like it was a great introduction in some ways. And, um, but I'll tell you this, when we got phone to come and uh, VP phoned us and said, I'd love you to come minister at our church. Um, I said straight away, it would be a privilege. He said, fantastic, my buddy, we're going to have fun. And then a few weeks later, he phoned me again to see how we're feeling and what, we put, what had God put in our hearts for this house to check in. And when we, when we put the phone down, he said, I'm looking forward to having you. We're going to have fun. And, and then we arrived at the airport and uh, got in our car and I sent him a message and I said, we're on our way. He said, fantastic, this weekend's going to be fun. And uh, this church honestly is an expression of that. These moments aren't accidental. It's intentional. I think he is building very intentionally normal life into the godly story, into the God story. And uh, I love that. I love that you bring fun. I love that you bring uh, radical. I love that you bring courage into what can sometimes be quite a stale story of church. That isn't this one. And uh, I want to say thank you, Life Changes, for being that church. Thank you for being up for fun. You guys are amazing. And maybe next year we'll have a, a, a kind of re, re, rematch. I don't know. We can redo this thing. I understand it takes practice, takes thoughts. It's strategic. Crunning is a real deal. So um, that, that'll be awesome. And so we are from Link Church and obviously exciting things happening back home. But I want to say this. There are exciting things happening wherever God, God's people put their hands up. And so people say, wow, it's incredible what God's doing here. Wow, it's incredible what God's doing there. Well, it is, but it's also because God will bless whatever we say yes to. And in some ways, if we would just say, yes, God, we're willing to go, we'll be surprised what he can actually do with ordinary people. And uh, I love this house. I love the fact that I said it this morning. Um, if you want to go and see a church that is, if you want to learn strategy, if you want to learn how to implement stuff, for sure, you guys are doing that stuff well. Uh, but I can get that online. But if you want to find life-giving, you need to go and find the heartbeat of the house that is on the ground. You need to go and be with churches that have a heartbeat for people. This church loves people. Thank you for loving people. In fact, I was a man in a ladies' conference, and I felt so blessed. Is that all right? Can I say that? And so to your volunteers, you're incredible. You have amazing volunteers, big smiles, generous hearts, and that's what this house is all about. Yeah, let's give it up for our volunteers. All of that is because of a couple that said yes. And maybe there were other couples that said yes before or a couple before. But I love what you guys have built with this church in the last few years. I was here five years ago and uh, five, somewhere around there. And five years ago to now, to see where this church has grown, to see what it's stepping into, uh, I want to honor you, Mark and Candice. Uh, it's been great staying with your family. I love your family. I love your crazy boys. They're amazing and full of life. And, uh, but I love what you're building, and we honor you. And I want to be a part of your story too, because it's amazing. I don't believe this is the end, by the way. Life changes. Do you believe it? I believe there are churches to be planted and cities to be reached for Jesus. So say yes, it's going to be exciting. And I believe what is on this couple is what I want to speak about tonight is a different spirit. A different spirit. One of the things I've come to realize when it comes to God's stories is people that live in a divine story always have a different spirit. Divine stories always have different spirits. You know, I often hear people say, I would love to have the story of, and I think to myself, well, you could. It's just going to take a different spirit. You're going to have to realize that God will do anything with you, but there is a partnership that he invites us into uh, that he doesn't actually ask much from of us, but, but he's inviting us in to trust him. And I'm telling you, that takes a different spirit. Tap your neighbor and say, it's a different spirit. 
And I believe that this, this is a message that can get into your hearts, as he said, put courage into what you're doing here as a church. But I believe also could propel us forward into the more, uh, because in God there's always more. And, and so I want to read to you, I want to set it up uh, from Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, and I'll take you on a journey tonight together. Hopefully we'll end somewhere strong. Amen. Verse 7, the Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. You could replace Egypt with South Africa. You could put any word in there for the place people live. But God sees our pain and suffering, and he says, I'm concerned about it. Verse 8, so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land. Say good and spacious. That is what God has for his people. Not tiny and confined, not restricted, not mediocre, a good and spacious land. This is the journey God takes the Israelites on as they leave Egypt under the hand of Pharaoh and toward the promised land, which is what God will give them, which became Israel as we know it. And so it's an exciting journey that they've been invited into. I want to speak about it because it's going to take a different spirit. A land flowing with milk and honey. Mm, That sounds good. A land flowing with milk and honey. And then it says this, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. Hang on a second. Yeah, I've realized this, friends. Your future is going to come with a fight. Your future is going to come with a fight. There's a good future for us, for sure. There's a promise. God has heard the cry of His people. God has responded to the cry of His people. And He will lead us into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey but a land with challenges and fights. I want to encourage you that as we jump into this journey, your future is going to come with a fight. And it's not always the fight that we have to fight in our own strength, but it is a fight for us to trust in the finished work and strength of Christ himself. And so I want to bring a few thoughts around the kind of spirit I believe that will step into a divine story, that will step into the future God has for us here at Life Changes, in your business, in your marriage, fill in the blank. I believe it's true for all of us. And so just a couple of thoughts as we go there. And I want to bring them from the story of the man named Caleb. Caleb was one of two spies that walked into the promised land. Uh, Not many made it. In fact, we're told only two. And so Caleb was one of those. And, uh, And so we're told that also Caleb, listen to this, in Numbers 14, it says, not one of the people, he's talking not to us, will ever see the land, praise Jesus. He's talking to them back then that I promised to their ancestors, no one will, who has treated me with contempt will see it. But because my servant Caleb, but because he has a different spirit, say different spirit. That is in this house, I wanted to get into your soul tonight, is a different spirit, and he follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land that he went to, his descendants will inherit it. Those who want to live in a divine story always carry a different spirit. All right, a couple of thoughts around a different spirit, because I believe this is what leaders are looking for today, this is what our nation is looking for today. They've seen the same old, same old, it hasn't produced results, they're looking for something different. I believe the world is crying out for the sons and daughters of God to embrace what's in us and live it through us so we can shape nations. Amen. I don't believe the church, Ephesians 1.23 says it so powerfully. It says, the church as he sees it is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. In other words, the way God sees it is not small church, big world. Maybe one day they'll make a difference. God doesn't see it like that. God sees it as big church, small world. You've been born to shape this thing. So that doesn't matter if you're in business, you're the church. If you lead a family, you're the church. If you're out there serving in justice, you're the church. And you have the potential and the spirit in you to shape society. 
I want you to get that. And so a couple of thoughts, I believe, about a different spirit. The first one is this. There's a tension, you see, because it's easy to just settle, but a different spirit always sees grapes when other people see giants. Always sees grapes when other people see giants. If you're writing down notes, write this down. If you're not writing down notes, write this down. The report you believe will determine the future you experience. Stephen Furtick said it like that. The report you believe will determine the future you experience. Listen to this. This is the story of the spies going into the promised land. Numbers 13, 27, if you're reading in your Bibles, it says, this is what they reported to Moses. We went to the land where you sent us, and it really is a land flowing with milk and honey. And then what God said it would be? You see, what God says, He always sees. It's just whether we want to be a part of that or not. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. He has some of its fruits. Now, now they were sent, short recap of the story. Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land to see what was going on. And, and they came back, and 10 of them brought negative reports, and two of them brought great reports. Two of them saw grapes, all ten, the other 10 saw giants. The interesting thing was, listen to what it says here, but the people who live there are strong. The cities have walls and are very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. Remember those names? Your future is going to come with a fight. We knew they would be there, but that doesn't change the outcome. The report you believe will determine the future experience. Verse 30, if you're following Numbers 13, Caleb told the people to be quiet and listen to Moses. I believe, friends, we need to be a church that silences the voice that sees giants and rise up within us the voice that speaks of grapes. You know, it's interesting. When they went to find the grapes, it says when they came back, the branches were so heavy, they had to share the load. I'm not talking about like woolly, seedless, extra sweet grapes, although they're awesome. I'm talking about branches so heavy that one man couldn't carry. Grapes speak of provision. Grapes speak of provision which means there was so much provision in, so much blessing in the land of promise that there was enough for us to have to share it, not fight for it. There is excess in the kingdom of God. There is excess in the kingdom of God. And so Caleb was saying, listen, we got to go. I know the giants, but we got to go because all he saw was grapes. All he saw was grapes. I want to be surrounded by people that speak about grapes, even though they're giants. People come to me and say, Dil, you naive. You're uber positive. It's like you don't live in reality. I say, no, sir, I watch the same news. I read the same newspaper. I just believe a different report. Joshua and Caleb saw the same reality, friends, but they believed a different report. I've realized in life, often the ratio is 10 to 2. Often it is 10 people around us that are like, nah. And then there's those two crazies. Praise Jesus for the crazy ones. We wouldn't have Africa if someone wasn't crazy enough to get in a boat and cross an ocean. Now we've got the most beautiful continent in the world. Amen. Good reports change everything. I love it how someone once said it like this. Often you only possess what you perceive or experience your perspective. We need to shift our perspective. We need to change the reports. It doesn't change the news. It just changed the report. They showed them grapes, but all they saw was giants. You see, sometimes people are carrying grapes over their shoulders, but they're so crippled by fear of the giants that that's all you hear about. I, I, once, um, I don't know if you know this, but fear can take good news and turn it into a bad report. Do you know that? I once uh, prayed for a friend in church. We have like prayer requests, and uh, his prayer was to get a job. And so I thought that's a good prayer. Let's, let's, so, we, so we pray in church, and 
There are many prayer requests. Uh, I remember following up on this one, and his prayer request became a pr- uh, his prayer request became a praise report, which, in other words, he got the job. So I found him after the church service the one Sunday, and I said to him, "So you got the job? I want to hear about it." So he's like, "Yeah, I got the job." I said, "How's it going?" And I saw this kind of like like blank look on his face. I'm like, "Bro, you got the job? How's it going?" And he's like, "Well, um, yeah, like." Oh, it's, it's, it's cool. I'm like, are, are you excited about the job? Like, it's the, he's like, yeah, my, my boss, like, culture, office culture, boss. I'm like, bro, honestly, next time, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to follow up because you just killed my vibe. You got the job. You got the breakthrough. You got the girl. You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, man. Sometimes we're getting such good uh, kind of news and we're turning, fear can take great news and turn into a bad report. But you want to hear something better than that? Faith can take bad news and turn into a good report. I had a test me on this uh, ladies' conference. I forget the lady's name whose husband has fought a battle with sickness. And, and the test in me was one of, one of great knocks, great knocks, great knocks, great setbacks. But everything about her language was, we're trusting in the grapes. We're trusting in the promise. We're standing on his principles of faith, that he is good, that he is faithful, that he's there for us. It doesn't mean what we see is always perfect. It just means that we trust in grapes, not giants. Different spirits see divine stories. Are you the two? I remember chatting to a friend of mine who was in business just after the first junk status report came out for our nation. It wasn't a good day for Africa at the time or South Africa. And I went to him, I phoned him up, I said, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. He said, I had a feeling this call was coming. I said, how do you feel about the junk status? He said, well, if you want to know, I'm putting a lot of money into the ground right now. I said, really? He said, yes, these are the greatest times to put seeds in the ground because in great droughts, you always see greater harvest. That's how it works. You see, great businessmen know that risks happen now. I'm not saying be crazy. I'm just saying don't believe every report you hear. We've got to have a different report, a kingdom report, a heaven report. And I'm telling you, friends, we have the God of the universe on our side. Grapes and giants. Are you a grape person or are you a giant person? Because I believe only great people, different spirits, see divine stories. I want to be one of those. I want to be one of those. That's in this house, friends. Embrace it. Uh, the second thing I've learned about Caleb, who had a different spirit, the Bible tells us, and would see a divine story, is Caleb learned to follow when others were fleeing. Caleb was a follower. Following is not always glamorous. I don't know if you've noticed that. Leadership's the thing that gets the glamour. Le- leadership, to be honest, sucks sometimes. It's the hard yards. I'm telling you, friends, there's something powerful in being a follower of vision or a follower of hope or a follower of possibility. There's something in it. Caleb was that guy. He wasn't the main guy. He was just following. Can, can I read some stories to you? It says here in Numbers 14, obviously God is speaking about Caleb with a different spirit. Later on in his life, we read that Caleb comes before Joshua and he says, now they've transitioned into the promised land. And in Joshua 14, it says in verse 10, Now then, just as the Lord had promised and has kept me alive for 45 years, since the time he said to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness, here I am today, Caleb says, 85 years old. I love it how my wife says it. If you're not dead, you're not done. But here's what I've learned about following and fleeing. It's in the daily rhythms we see divine results. 
I wish I could give you a one-liner that would change your life, but it's going to be every day waking up, setting aside time for God, reminding yourself of His words in your life, being a part of great local community, having friendships that are twos around you, not tens. It's in the daily rhythms, friend, we see divine results. Uh, I I wish there was a, a magic balloon we could pop and receive everything we've ever dreamt of, but it's in daily rhythms, I'm going to keep saying it, that we see divine results. This is a different spirit because it's actually far more common these days to press eject. We live in a world of convenience. I mean, I do. I kind of like it, to be very honest. Convenience is helpful sometimes. It's nice. It's fun. It's easy. But actually, when it comes to the things of God, convenience can sometimes get in the way of great stories. Because when you settle for convenience, sometimes you, you kind of lay aside greater possibility. Caleb had a spirit in him that held on and followed and stuck around when others were fleeing. That's why only two made it. Uh, someone said it like this, and this will encourage you. Just because your progress isn't obvious doesn't mean your faith isn't working. You see, sometimes we check out before we see the result that we set out to achieve. But the truth is you're doing better than you think you are. Tap your neighbor say, you're doing better than you think you are. And when our progress isn't obvious... When our progress isn't obvious, it's like, ah, you know, I'm just going to throw in the towel of this job now. It's just not going where I wanted to go. Well, I'm just going to quit this thing. And I'm not saying there aren't seasons to hear God and make moves. There are. But sometimes we jump because we get scratchy or itchy or inconvenienced by the season we're in. And we want to make a new one. Uh, Caleb is interesting because he didn't. And he got the promised land. I wonder how much we're missing out on because we're checking out too early. I want to... I went to my children. I have three girls and uh, a little boy as well. But at the time, three girls. And I came into our house, and uh, it was a beautiful Saturday morning on the north coast, which is the promised land. Our mornings are beautiful and warm, by the way. And so that's amazing. So, so is the water. So is all those kind of things, you know. So come live in Natal, basically what I'm saying. And I walked into the house, and I, I looked at my girls, and I said, Hey, girls, Daddy's got a surprise for you. It's Saturday morning. I know you thought we were just going to do pancakes and hang out, but we're going to go on a beach adventure. They're like, no ways. I'm like, yo, we're going big. We're going beach, Durban beach adventure, right? And so anyway, my middle daughter, who's kind of pretty strong-willed, let's use those words, decides, no, she, she doesn't want to come. She doesn't want to come to the beach. I'm like, baby, are you sure you don't want to come to the beach? It's going to be awesome. Look outside. Sun's shining. Get your boogie boards. You're going to get some ice cream. We're going to do the thing like, let's go to the beach. So she's like, nah, Dad, I'm going to stay. What I was actually trying to do is give Tess a break. I wasn't working out as a plan. And so I was like, okay, don't come to the beach. All right, other girls, jump in the car. So anyway, we jump in the car, and off we go, and we go to the beach just like Dad said. And it was awesome. Sun was shining. We had some waves, and we had some Dad time together. And we got in the car, and instead of going home, uh, we went via Scoop, which is a like, really cool ice cream shop that does waffles and sugar cones and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, we're going to get an ice cream. And they're like, no ways, Dad. No ways. We thought we were just beaching it. You know, I'm like, no, we're going to get ice creams today. And so we get ice creams, and they're, you know, loving the ice creams. It's like kind of smudged all over their face. And we get in the car, and I say, all right, girls, uh, one more stop. And they're like, what do you mean one more stop, Dad? And so we take, and I take them to Cotton On. Now, Cotton On for them is a real treat because they make really beautiful girly dresses, okay? And I've learned that's a big deal for ladies, all right? Never used to be for me. Hopefully, it never will be. But, you know, it, it's really helpful for ladies. And so we go to Cotton On, and they're like, Dad, what are we doing here? I'm like, we're buying you dresses. And they're like, you can just see, they're just like, this is the best day ever. 
a beach, ice cream, dresses. You can see what's going on here, right? And so anyway, I give them, what, what dress can I choose? I'm like, any dress in the shop, any dress. Today's your day, any dress in the shop. Man, we were in the change rooms there. I was snapping shots of my girls. I'm like, you look beautiful, and this is amazing, and try this one on over here. And we buy them dresses and a little kind of deal, and I don't even know what those things, Alice bands. And we took the Alice band, little, you know, little fairy things, and we, and we, and we get this, and we get in the car, and they're wearing their dresses. They've got ice cream smudged on their faces. They are over the moon. We go home. We walk down the stairs. They are singing as they go down the stairs, kicking down the front door. We're like, hey, we're home. And I just see my other little daughter on the couch look like me, like, look at me like this and go, Dad, where did you go? I said, we went to the beach. She said, you didn't just go to the beach. I said, well, we started there. She was mad. But I asked her if she wanted to come. Can I tell you this is what's happening in the church sometimes? God has invited you and I to go to the beach of the adventure of God. And we're like, nah, God, you know what, today I'm cool. I'm just going to hang out here in my little story. I'm going to do my little thing. I'll let my friends go to the beach. And then your friends go to Life Changes Church, and they go there for the Sunday night that no one else planned to be at. And God moves in a miraculous way and touches people's hearts in a miraculous way. And you go home with the Holy Spirit smudged on your face and the robe of righteousness. I don't even know where they go. Just... Dressed on your thing, you come down kicking the front door in all glowing and beaming, and that person is like, hey, where did you, I thought you were just going to life changes, that's where we started, but God had a whole nother deal in store for the people that just said yes. I don't think I need to tell you that she's never said no to a beach invitation again. May we never miss out on the adventure God has called us to. May we never sit back and hope that it will come to us. Let's put our hand up. Let's say, yes, God came to us in the form of Jesus, but now he invites us, Jesus said, to follow him. Come on, let's go on this journey, friends. Let's say yes to where life changes is going. Let's say yes to the vision that's on this house. Let's say yes to what God has put in your heart for business. Let's get behind. Let's follow when others are going fleeing. Nah, I'm Let's be those people. What would it look like to make a decision to follow Jesus today? Nice and simple. Yes, Jesus, I'm coming your way. What would it look like? Galatians 6 reminds us, let let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. Not we might, somebody else will. No, we, together, the people of God who said yes to Jesus, who went about the things of God, the daily rhythms that no one else sees, the pioneering, the serving, the praying moms, the faithful businessmen, the arriving early, the leaving late, the pastors that love on people when others are going through pain and seasons of life that they wish they'd never had, but there's someone at their door loving on them. The daily rhythms, we see divine results. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Different spirits. I want to have a different spirit. I want to live in a divine story. I don't want average. I want everything God has for us. The last thing I want to speak about in the tension of divine spirits and, I guess, mediocre Christianity is the connection between miracles and mountains. Miracles and mountains. 
I want to read the scripture again that I read just now. It's about Caleb. They're in the promised land. I read it again. It says, Now then, just as the Lord had promised, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. And so here I am today at 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous, he says, to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country. Some translations say it a little bit better. I think they say, give me my mountain. That the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and that their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, that's important information. The Lord helping you in your business, in your family, in your marriage. The Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. And then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. And so Hebron has belonged to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron, which speaks of a spacious place, used to be called Kerith Arbor, which speaks of a place of giants. And after this, this is where the Anakites used to live. So here's the picture. Caleb has a different spirit. You've got a different spirit. I know it doesn't always feel like that, but there's a different spirit on you. It's in this house. It's the spirit of God. It's different. And it gives you permission to see grapes when the news just says giants. It gives you permission to follow when the whole world is checking out and fleeing. Go to the beach. But one of the things I've learned in this journey of faith is that the miracle we want is often on the mountain we aren't willing to climb. I wish it weren't that way. But often the miracle we're looking for, not every time. I can't promise people that are going through seasons the outcome. I don't have that in my hands. But I have learned in this journey of faith that often the miracle that I'm looking for is on the mountain I've yet to climb. Caleb, friends, was in the promised land. He'd arrived. Or had he? You see, there was still a fight. And the interesting thing was, you would think that the story would end. Caleb's in the promised land and the done, deal, finished, over. Caleb, take it on. But there's still a fight. There's still, can I say, a mountain. There are still mountains to climb, friends, in this nation. There are still mountains to climb in our marriages. May we never settle at the bottom of the valley. There are mountains to climb to experience miracles God has for us. You see, Caleb understands there is a miracle on the mountain. I just need to climb it. He said, God has promised me this mountain. God's going to give me this mountain. He said it. I didn't come up with it. This was his idea. This was his call. This was his mandate to build a church that was life-giving in table view and then expand into the city. This was God's dream, not ours. We just said yes. So he's going to give the outcome, but it still demands some form of obedience and me to trust him on the mountain to trust him on the mountain someone came to me once and I could see they were just circling around the mountain but we've not been called to circle that's what they did in the wilderness we've been called to climb that's what they do in the promised land he said Dill I keep arriving at the same point I said yeah but that's because you're going around you need to go up around is the safe bet it's kind of easier to walk on flat ground and go around. It's horrible when you come back to the start. But when you're on the journey, it actually feels like you're doing something. But when you take your first step up, it feels like, oh, this is not ground I planned for. And then you take your second step and the altitude gets thin and there's not many people around you because they're still walking around. You're walking up. But the miracle is often on the mountain. I was, um, I was in Israel a few years ago. And we had the privilege of 
being kind of given a tour uh, of a few places by an Israeli family, a Jewish Israeli family, uh, a Christian family, who, whose dad had been an Air Force pilot in the first Lebanon war. Now, as glamorous as that may sound, it's not. You see, they don't just train for war. They fight wars. And, and so they had be, he'd been an Air Force pilot in the first Lebanon war. And now I was being kind of given a tour of Israel with his daughter, who was a fighter pilot in the second Lebanon war. And, uh, and she was now married to a man. She was carrying child, and she was about to have a, a baby. And her husband had just been summoned, because in Israel you get summoned like this. Her husband had just been summoned to the, the, the border, the battle line, because there was a battle brewing from Syria's side. And, uh, and this was the moment. And, and so we heard the story, and we were walking around, and she had so much joy and so much life, and yet there was a possibility that her husband would not come home again. And I thought to myself, how do you do that? How do you do this? And so I walked around, and they told us stories, and they kept us intrigued by the nature of Israel and how God had blessed the Israeli people and all this kind of stuff. I said, okay, i got a question. How do you keep doing it? She says, doing what? I said, how do you keep going to battle? How do you keep that smile on your face while you're carrying your child in your womb? And your husband's been summoned. He may not come home. How do you do that? Because that's real faith. That's big faith. I mean, it would be one thing if you were kind of hiding out in the corner hoping that life just worked out. But you're not. You're passionate and you're ready and you're front foot. How do you do it? And she said to me, have you ever read the Bible? And I, and I, I, said, I, said, I said, girl, and I didn't. I said, what do you mean? She said, it's pretty simple because this is no new story for us as Israel. But the invitation has always been the same. If you will arrive at the battle, God says, I will give you the breakthrough. She says, one of the things that's still in us to this day is we understand that the breakthrough is in the battle. Now, again, I don't know the outcome of every battle. It's not in our hands. I can't promise what it will look like. But I do know we serve a God of breakthrough. Caleb knew that he served the God of breakthrough. And in the final stage, the final, he was almost, it was almost like, Caleb, what are you going to do with this moment? And you know what he did? He said, give me my mountain. Give me my dream. God, give me this possibility, this opportunity. He said, give me my mountain. Miracles, friends, often are waiting on the mountains we're yet to climb. Maybe it's in marriage. Maybe the mountain of your marriage is to go on a journey. Maybe it's with friends or in counseling or in uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's to start being generous with her or responding to him. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like for you. But those are mountains. Those are not roundabouts. Those are mountains. Those are hard journeys. Sometimes sickness can feel like, God, it's easier if I just pretend this isn't there. It's difficult to engage therapy or to engage process. I understand. I've walked this through with some of my best friends. I've had great stories. I've had sad stories. But all of them have been about the faithfulness of God. Because they realized that the mountain was important. i got a question. Life changes. What's your mountain? What's the obvious that God has put before you that you're staring at from a distance? Cairns preached so beautifully around the amphitheater. I've been there. 
and how that closing, uh, that last ascent is up a rickety step ladder, and how she was you know, kind of holding on. I don't know if I want to go up here. And VP stood next to her on another ladder that he shouldn't have been on, to be very honest. I've seen it. And he walked up alongside her saying, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, because he knew the view from the top. It was a great message. It reminded me, friends, how many of us check out before we've even seen the view, because there's often a miracle on the mountain. One last thought, and then I'll close for you tonight. And worship team, maybe you can come join me. Um, Hebron is the new name. The old name was Kirith Arba. Kirith Arba was the place of giants. Hebron is the place of gathering. That's some good news. Because often the mountain that you now only see giants on or where giants exist, I want to tell you, friends, when we walk, in step with Jesus, when we allow Him to walk us up the mountain side by side, He's going to be changing places that were known as the place of giants. They will never make it. The giants will destroy them. That, 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 that economy will destroy them. That marriage will never last. That business will never break through. That church will never plant out. That's giant talk. But when we walk the mountains, I believe God is going to change the name from giants to gathering. You know what gathering speaks of? Worship. In this place, God came through for me. In this place, He broke through for me. In this place, I lifted up a song of praise and He changed giants to gatherings. That's what God wants to do for you tonight. And I believe as we faithfully step into the invitation to climb, you can be sure of a celebration on top. You know, the greatest mountain that was ever climbed was not by you and I. And it wasn't climbed by your friend that inspired you. It was climbed by Jesus Christ. And he climbed the mountain of the giants. Could anyone ascend this hill? Is there anyone that's able to walk up Golgotha, the place of the skull death, and turn it around for humanity? There is one. And he did it. And he changed the place of death or the place of the skull or the place of the grave to the place of grace. And he gave it new meanings and he gave it new names. I want to tell you, friends, we do not climb mountains in our own strength. We climb not just with, we climb behind, we climb with on top of. He carries, he holds us. And he says, if you would just, not just follow me, if you would lean on me, not on your own understanding, I will take you up this mountain. I will see you through this season. I will help you see the views that are on the top. I will give you things you don't deserve because of my grace. Stand with me tonight.